You know what? This is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. What's up, everybody? That guy, this lady, <laughs> Ida Rodriguez, Mark Thompson, J.R. Jackson, two ITs, old school. Um, back to holler at you guys again. Uh, I, um, I'm gonna go ahead and just and straight up say it because I've been curious for a long time about this. Uh, this thing I saw on, I think it was Instagram, maybe it was even Facebook, one of them. Um, my friend Mark Thompson uh, went through a bit of an experience at a home in the Los Angeles area, and. Um, Police were there. Things went down. Someone was uh, on the premises. Can yeah, someone was arrested at the end of it. I'll tell you, uh, it was pretty wild, I have to say. And, uh, you know, you only need a little background on this, but the background's kind of important. So my house and my neighborhood burned in the uh, in a fire in Los Angeles recently. Okay, so the last, in, in late October. So the, when what happens when when that, when you're a victim of that is they move you, to a temporary residence, and so now I'm I'm living in Venice, California. You know that's where that where the house is now. So there's no risk of fire there, but you know it's kind of a it's a crazy scene, which seems kind of cool when you first move in. It's sort of like really fun, mm-hmm. all these artsy people and street people. It feels very city, you know. <laughs> and uh, but then that kind of wears off after a few weeks, and you know then it's just uh, it can be a hassle. But more to the point, in this case, uh, across the street from me uh, is one of the most famous artists in Los Angeles, a guy named John Baldessari. And in the art community, this guy, John Baldessari, is a big deal. Now, I didn't know he was living across the street, but it becomes important because he died. And when he died, they got security at his house 24 hours a day. And why did they do that? Because this artist, John Baldessari, lived in a 5,000 square foot house and there was only one bedroom in it. That's where John Baldessari was. And one bathroom in it. That's where John Baldessari went to the bathroom. And then the rest of the place was like a museum. All of this valuable art. So there's $100 million or maybe hundreds of millions of dollars worth of art in this house. So they hire security when he dies. Now, I'm coming home and the security guy waves me over and... He shows me a video that he has taken of my temporary residence where I am. And this dude who is kind of casing the place, like looking around. And then the guy actually goes in through a gate that is supposed to be locked. But like so many things at this house that they put me in, it's not working, the lock. So the guy just opened it. Clearly, he had been in there before or something. At least a word got out. Mm-hmm. So he go, he gets onto the property, and now he's... Back behind the house, they think. I mean, the the security people are talking to me. And then there's this uh, neighbor of mine who's with the security guy. Who's the? He's really a cool guy. I'd never met him before. It's all of this stuff happened like just in the moment when I'm meeting this, these people. My neighbor, this guy who I meet, is the guy who did the visual uh, effects for Titanic, the movie Titanic. So he's kind of a probably got a cool story too. I haven't you know, just mm-hmm. and he's a British guy. He goes, "My Mark, I'm going to go back there and see if he's back there, man." 
So uh, so he got, he's like a badass British guy. He said, yeah, I just got my citizenship last week. Uh, and I said, oh, that's uh, cool. You're here just in time for the unraveling of this uh, country. Um, so he goes, he, goes, he goes back and he said, I see him back there. He's against your back door. And so I could do nothing else but call the cops. I called 911. So I called 911. Sorry, can I interject? Yeah. So security said, hey, check out across the street. We see something going down, but... Well, because they're not, they're not my security. They're the security for this house I'm talking about with all that art in it. He was doing me a huge favor just by, by showing me the video. And by, you know, he could have just gone, I don't know who the guy is, but it's not my job. But he was okay. really cool. Um, and by the way, guy barely spoke English, the security <sighs> guy. He was the coolest dude. And, you know, he really did me a huge favor, right? So we know the guy's back there against the back door. And I called 911. And um, I learned all this stuff. Like, they didn't get to me right away. Like, 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, and I call again. And I go, hey, there's somebody at my house. And it's kind of getting dark. It's getting, like, dusk. And, uh, and I call a friend of mine and ask, you know, how do I get the cops here sooner? And they said, well, I mean, they put you in a list. And if you told them, like, you, there's a guy at your house and you think he's got a gun or something, then they'll come oh. right away. But don't do that, and, and you really shouldn't do that. And, and here's the, the reason you shouldn't do it, because if you call the cops and say, and you make up a story about how the guy's got a gun, then they arrive and they think the guy's got a gun, or they think there's a good chance the guy's got a gun, and you just made it up because you wanted the cops there first, and now you're lying and saying, yeah, I think I saw it, and you know, well, what color gun was it? Uh, and you go, and you make up a lie, like uh, it was a black gun or something like a gray gun or whatever, whatever color guns come in, <laughs> a silver gun. And uh, Mark is definitely a gun enthusiast. And they get back there, <laughs> and the guy does something, and they kill him. Like, I'm, I'm oh. saying, like, imagine, oh, that's like, how, Jesus. that's why you don't lie oh, about it. Because yeah. they go, well, the, the owner said he had a gun. So, no, I didn't say yeah. that he had a gun. Yeah. So. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Cops arrive, and this is the thing about cops in Wait, LA. Can we not just stop and say that? That's, <laughs> thank you. Just right. thank you. Like just to have that type of awareness. Thank you, because I know I know where we're from. There are people who will say that the person has a gun just because they make sure it'll heighten the 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 you know the alert for the. So I just want to say oh, oh, yeah. thank you for well. I mean, I have having that, that thought process. process. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, you can't, it's just not in my nature anyway to lie. Like, I just don't, it's pretty bad already. The guy's on my property, I know he's on my property, and I don't need to, like, gin up the situation in any way. So when the cops get there, it's a squad, it's one of those uh, uh, squad cars, they come, they, they come out, and this is the thing about cops in L.A., they just look so good. I don't know what, I, and when they got out, I'm not, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe just these two cops, I don't know. I don't have a lot of interaction with the cops, but these people got out of the car and I thought, are you guys real cops or are you like actors? <laughs> Looks like a movie. Yeah, yeah. Are you on your way to an audition or something? Because <laughs> seriously, guys, where are the real cops? You know, I expected you know people coming from a stakeout. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's the situation here? What, what, what you got here, Sarge? You know, there's none of that. These guys. And the other thing is that the guy looked like 11 years old, oh. he looked so young. He was this young, handsome guy. I just thought, really, he went to the academy and everything? It just, so they asked me what happened. By the way, they always ask you this. So uh, did you give permission to anyone to be there? And I'm thinking, 
if I gave permission to someone to be there, do you think I would have called 911? <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just stop right here, you know. Um, that's but one he, of those things that I'm sorry, don't forget where you were. Because yeah. that's one of those things when I'm asked those types of questions, and I'm thinking there's an obvious answer. Then my brain goes straight to, well. There's a reason why they must ask this stupid question. Yeah. I was like, "What did someone else do?" And at that point, I'm in my own head, and I'm thinking, "What does people? What do people usually do that have made them change the protocol enough to ask me? Did you invite someone?" And my first assumption was, maybe they assume you have a house guest over and you forgot because you're drunk or high. And then don't forget that your friend is inside the house before we go in there and whoop his ass. Right. Also, domestic issues where. People who are in domestic issues call the police on each other. Oh, and you, you're upset because you're locked oh. out of the house. And a lot of people do stuff like that. Being oh, that's interesting. I, I, I did get what uh, Jr. is saying, which is that this okay. is a boilerplate question that they have to ask. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. It mm -hmm. wasn't like that they're, they get it, that you called 911 because it's somebody you don't know back there. They understand, mm -hmm. but they have to ask that question for all the reasons that you guys are mm -hmm. saying, which is mm -hmm. that there could be more to this story, and you also might have forgotten, like, in, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So, but I showed them the video so we knew, that you know, and, and got them up to speed, and then he, uh, he said, uh, we're going to, I'm going to treat this as a 459. I think that was the code he said. I'm going to treat this as a Possible four five nine, and I said, well, uh, look this up. I don't know what that is. I don't speak <laughs> cop. What is four five nine? He said it's a, a attempted robbery. Uh, I said, oh okay, cool. He said, uh, I, I said, are you guys going to go back there? I mean, uh, and he said, no, 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 no. I got a bunch of other people coming, and they're rolling code three. Mm. And I said, I'm sorry again. I, I don't know what code three is. He's showing off at this point. And he said, uh, <laughs> he said it's lights and sirens. I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And I'm sorry. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, but I just, it is the guy in me, the little kid who always wanted to be a cop or whatever, kind of thought, oh, this is kind of getting cool. We've got lights and sirens. And then he said this. He said, uh, I'm calling in an airship. And I said, is that a helicopter? Uh, he said, yeah, helicopter. And I said, I love that you guys call it an airship. That's like the best branding ever. Instead of calling it a helicopter, airship sounds so much more badass, right? So, I mean, everything about this scene is just getting really badass. So then all these cop cars come, and now it's dark. And then this airship shows up or whatever. Then this chopper with this big light that they put down on the house. And then they did this. They said, this is the Los Angeles Police Department. They're saying this through a big speaker and against the house. This is the Los Angeles Police Department. We have the home surrounded. Come out with your hands up. And I, and I even said, holy shit, you guys really say that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like in every show. Yeah. Come out with your hands up? Really, you say that? So then they said that again. And then all of these people who had arrived, and there were apparently guys behind the, I say guys generically, there were men and women there. They have guns and then bigger guns and all this other stuff and the stuff that they're wearing with tactical crap. I don't even know. It looks like every Batman tool belt is just <clears throat> attached to them. They go in and uh, and they're in like some kind of formation. And I'm yelling, there are cats in there. Be careful. You really did? Because <laughs> I thought this is the way this situation goes sideways. They hear something, somebody fires and one of my cats is killed. 
you know? Because they'll, they'll look for anything moving at that point. The yeah. white people problem. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I get it. I, I'm a privileged guy, but I mean, I love those animals. I so, uh, and so they go in and they make the arrest. The guy was- Without incident, he didn't- Without incident, and uh, he was high on something. I mean, he tested uh, positive for some kind of narcotic. Uh-huh. And um, and that's important from the standpoint of not having to go to court. You know, like if you have to go to court to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if he hadn't been high, it was explained to me. If he hadn't been, it wasn't high like he was on pot. Mm-hmm. He was like on something else. If he hadn't been under the influence of something else, I would have had to go to court. And that just sucks that you have to go to court. And, you know, there's a whole Cape Fear thing. Wait, like, if he's you know, totally gonna, sober, you do have to go to court. So if he's sober, you have to go to court. Okay. But if he's under the influence, then he can be booked for that. Uh, when I say under the influence, they have some other code for it. You know what I mean? Like they got on, an illegal thing on him there. Yes, exactly. It's an illegal thing. So, and then just as 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 the tide of you know blue rolled in, it rolls out and everybody's gone, and the whole block is quiet again. It was just the weirdest experience. I've never had really much experience with the cops, as you can tell. And uh, and it was just wild. And I, I also asked them, you know, hey, I feel kind of like maybe I should have just dealt with this situation myself. You know, I should have just gone back and, mm-hmm. and they said, no, 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 no. This is exactly when you need to call someone. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't reason with the guy, he's high, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, but that was a wild experience. Do you have thoughts? No, I no, I first. thought I, I misheard what you said about the the story. I oh. thought you said you were he was telling us about his story with heroin, and I was oh. like, oh. oh man, he's oh. on the other side. That, of that? explains what you were saying. Yeah, because oh, okay, I was like, okay. wow. Um, I will tell you, I grew up in an environment filled with drug addicts. Right, I was raised by them. I grew up around them all the time. You you cannot reason with. You know, and you don't ever know with somebody who is high, who is bold enough to go into somebody's home, right. what they could do to you, you know what I mean? Or try to do to, to you, and that's just an unnecessary situation for you to put yourself into. And they may not even know it, you know, yeah. you, if you see someone that's <clears throat> that far away from reality, like, they don't know where they are and what they're doing. In many cases, sometimes, of course, sure. It's scary, and I guess what I'm saying is, the scare, once the scary's over, which is like you've called the cops and they're there now, and now you're standing across the street, the whole thing was like watching a movie or something mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a weird, uh, kind of cool, dramatic. I mean, I didn't think anybody was going to get hurt. There was never a sense that anybody was going to get hurt. But they, that, that was what I wanted to say initially was that that's how, that's how you know that, that police officers are capable of de-escalating a situation Surveying a situation, even with it, with facts unknown, and being able to take somebody into custody without killing them, because they had all the reason to, they had all the the they had all the the warfare that they needed to do mm-hmm. it, and still it was a tactical decision. They were strategic about it, and they took a, a person out alive that is is actually a person who's sick and, and an addict, right? Right, and so that 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 goes to show that there are some time there are some cops who make the decisions to just be cops and not killers. Yeah, and yeah. they may notice because of whatever part of the they realize they're across the street from 
John the Baldessar, Baldessar yeah. who had who had passed away, they realized that, and maybe there's a, a a thought process of this part of the neighborhood. Um, it's probably someone who's ran its business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we cause a disruption of this nature, of this escalation, as far as like killing someone here, we're going to be on the hook for a while for this. It's like it's weighing their. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, weighing whether or not they're going to be on the hook for something worse. Like, we can do this easy. They have a for- I mean, formation they put together. There's a reason that formation is there. Yeah. It's probably for their protection without having to be lethal. Yeah, they, I really, I have to say, I thought they were all really professional and great. And, I mean, I, and there are a lot of cops who are professional and great. And they're also, uh, we detail these situations that are so ugly and so awful I mean, they really all conducted <clears throat> themselves well. And by the way, we weren't palling around, so I don't need to like, you know, <laughs> once all those people got there with their effing guns that are just huge, and I was like a bystander. I don't think they even knew that I was the yeah, owner of the house. They I mean, they just, I'm just some guy standing off to the side. Mm-hmm. But uh, they really handled themselves professionally. So I think you're right. They, they, that was a crowd that knew how to de-escalate a situation, and then it just became a situation in which no one's going to get hurt. We're going to resolve the situation, and we're going to move on. And that's what and happened. And solve the problem, not to uh, rid of a person. You know, like that, that, and that's the mentality of uh, that is required to be of service to your community. Like right. you have to be that way. Yeah. When you get the what is it, the airbird in? What they they got the airship. <laughs> I mean, that really is the branding associated with certain things in law enforcement, and and all the jargon. And again, this is like the little kid in me. Who just like used to look up to these guys? Mm-hmm. Those cops are showing off. They didn't yeah. use all those terms. It's um, like the jargon. I just something. I like jargon anyway from any professional, like medical jargon. Mm-hmm. You know, even street jargon can be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, just because it's a whole world unto itself. So I, I wonder because this is I put myself in the situation. I wouldn't be comfortable staying there anymore. Just because my mind, not staying there, just I would be consistently checking perimeters all the time. Which, by the way, my house has never been broken into. I don't even live in a house. Um, But I've never been broken into before. But I check the door so many times before I go to sleep. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's locked. Same. Hour later, I was like, I'm going to bed now. That's locked. I'm in the bed, and I'm like, I'll get back up. Yeah, that's locked. It's amazing. And it sounds when I glance at it, I was like, the lock, the deadbolt is facing vertical. So it's locked. I'll look at it. On the half a hallway away, I am from the door, and I'm like, yeah, but what if I'm not seeing it right? Let me walk all the way over. No. Yeah. I'm just insane like that. So if something actually happened where someone was leaning against my back door at one point, and then all this hoopla gets, gets started over it, I'm never going to forget it. Yeah. I will tell you, it does create a level of anxiety in you that you didn't mm-hmm. have before. Mm-hmm. So it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I used to take the trash out through that door, and I take it out at night, you know, and it's a... There was never any fear I had before, but now I don't do it. Because I, had they not come, had they, I would have walked right into the guy. You know, mm-hmm. I would have walked, He would have been right there, and I don't know what would have happened. I know I would have been scared, and he would have been scared. Uh-huh. Um, so it's to your point. Now I just, if it's not daylight, I don't go out there. Yeah, it's, and now you know, it's just this different place you're in. It's, and yeah, I, that's what I wondered. The main thing I wondered about it when you, were, yeah. when you had posted, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I guess eventually I'd get beyond it, but. It's startling. Jake had that similar thing. I'm sure you guys heard that story from years ago. Somebody went through his house, and then Jake was all calm, like, "Hey, he's just in the wrong house, fellas." In the same situation, <laughs> he was on some. I was like, "What do you mean he's in the wrong house?" He said, like, "Yeah, damn right, you're in the wrong motherfucking house." Because that's just the way that I, I one time I, was, I lived in, in Santa Monica, and I thought I had to work. It was when I was doing this show, and we were on Air American, we had to come in at midnight 
That was the shift time. Oh, that's right. So I'm leaving in the middle of the night, and I thought I heard something in the living room as I'm coming out of my room in the back hallway. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I heard something. It's like after midnight. And before I get out in the middle, I was like, okay. So I just announced. I was like, if somebody's in this house, you might want to leave now. Because you're in the wrong motherfucking house. And I said it loudly and everything, right? Just as I don't want to have to be startled. So I'm preparing my, my mind and my yeah. body for whoever it may be. And there was nobody there, or else I'd have told the story a long time ago. And then later you feel a little crazy, but then again, no, I'm okay. No, fine, I'm crazy. But I'm going to make sure that whoever, because again, you have to preview that. If I happen to be, say again, a drug yeah. issue where someone's in the house and they don't realize. But if you hear someone go, hey, you might want to get the fuck out of here. Consequences then, and repercussions. <laughs> then that's enough. I mean, I don't care how much of a thief, break-in, break-in entering person you are. You don't want to hear that. I, uh, you just made me remember, I was getting, uh, I was doing a show, and uh, there's a knock at the door. There's a knock at the door. The doorbell rings, and it's like midnight, and the wind is blowing, and I walk out. So there's like, a, I walk out one door, and then there's one other door, and this is where the person is. And, and I yell, like, can I say the F word on here? Said yeah, it three times now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I yell, I yell, who the fuck is it? Okay, like, I, what, who the fuck is this? I, like, just like that, like, really aggressive. And you're here. It's Rudy from the production company. I have a script. It's just me. It's just me. It's like, wow. So you're right. Sometimes it works. You live in a haunted house? Like, I'm like, dude, the hell do you live, dude? Like, you know what? We were talking about this yesterday. I will say this. Um, how the, the, the playing field is being balanced out with all of this capitalism and people thinking that they live in their good neighborhoods. And no matter where they are... You hear these weird stories everywhere now, right? Like this rap rapper that lived in the hills getting murdered yeah. in his own home. Yeah. And even though I'm not happy about it, but it is it, what it does is just brings an awareness that this foolishness can't continue because no. eventually uh, everything is just off balance now. It's like it, there's no such thing. You're not safe from anything anywhere yeah. anymore. These you know? barriers, these invisible barriers that many people thought they had. Um, no. They come crashing down. Oh my god, that's so. I wish I can't believe you never told us the who the fuck is it? Because Rudy, did he continue to? Did oh, he quit? He was just so scared. <laughs> Rudy's man. like, it's Rudy. Oh, it's my last no, day. Dude. I said, dude, I'm so sorry, but I mean, it's like you know, it's twelve thirty at night. I'm gonna say, you know, I can't go and go. Oh, hey, who is it? Wow. Uh, and it you doesn't know. help. His name is Rudy. <laughs> sorry, Rudy. <laughs> who were you embodying with the voice? Because that's the you have to come with like a bark. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Come with a big. Yeah, like, I'm you have to sound, sound bigger. Big than, yeah, you, yeah. you do locked. though. You already yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then so you enhance it. No, it you know, it works perfectly. Because again, nobody wants to hear it. If you're like, okay, I'm trying to be quiet. Maybe somebody's in the house. I'm gonna go ahead and take this shit. Give you so much, right? Yeah, Drop no. the script and back away from the door. <laughs> right. Before the, with the, was it the Airbus? Before was I it? call an airship on you. <laughs> yeah. Now get out of here. I'm rolling cops code three. <laughs> then you get the script and you go, this shit better be good. That's <laughs> your ass, Rudy. I know. Anyways, um, no, breaking, no breaking and entering, you guys. Also, be careful. Uh, know your surroundings. Check the locks on your doors several times before you go to bed. And don't That's be a, a hero. Don't be a cowboy. Call the police. Keep your bat next to your bed. 
but don't hit anyone with it. Uh, that's it for this old school happy people. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay. And I was expecting a lot. Mark is a good storyteller. Yes. The, oh, man, that was great. You need to be uh, at Montreal on that storytelling show. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it just, <laughs> it just happened. It's like not an ancient story. It literally just happened a yeah. couple weeks ago. Uh, there's so. interjections, and I've said this before. Um, sorry, I'm going over. But um, um, there's little interjections in stories, and that's what I noticed because good storytellers will be like, and then there's this. And then you're like, oh, shit, what? You're ready yeah, for that no, no. next sentence. How are you doing though? Are you okay? Because that was not, that's traumatic. Like that. Yeah, but I, I am. I mean, I really am okay. I mean, I guess maybe that's just me, you know, just pushing past it. Also, you know, again, I'm still at this place and that, those security people are still there. So you do feel a little layer of oh. protection mm -hmm. from security people, even though they're not yours. It's a little less mm -hmm. uh, traffic to the area mm -hmm. because there is security there. And so. the fact they've already shown you that something was going on. Yeah, and, and we've got a relationship. Even though nobody's, none of these security people speak English, it's so funny. <laughs> but they, we have a relationship. Everybody's really friendly, mm -hmm. and so that's really cool. Yeah. And now they're on notice. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, next time, you guys. Ed Rodriguez, Mark Thompson, old school.